Well, as you may hear, I'm using a different device. So hopefully the sound will be easy and pleasant to listen to. And on that topic last week or the last recording, uh, we spoke about the endurance. We spoke about actually our captain, Worsley. So let's now go into talking about another article that came out on the same topic of the endurance, which I think was beautifully written. And rather than bashing and rewording and improvising through and adding information, this one has incredible, uh, well, I'm just going to read it to you rather than chip chop my way through. It's called, it's in the newyorker.com and it's called Waiting for the Endurance by Adam Isco. And it was issued, marched, published, sorry, March 12th, 2022. A hundred and six years ago in the Weddell Sea, east of the Antarctic Peninsula, the explorer Ernest Shackleton ordered his men to abandon ship. It was eight and a half degrees below zero. The wind was calm. Shackleton's crew 28 men, 49 dogs, and a cat had spent a winter stranded in the ice, frozen, as one sailor put it, like an almond in the middle of a chocolate bar. Shackleton shouted, She's going, boys! As 10 million tons of ice pushed against the ship's wooden sides, which were two feet thick in some places, the deck buckled, on November 21st, 1915, the stern went up, the bow went down, and the endurance slipped under. Frank Worsley, the ship's captain, wrote down the coordinates in his diary. 68 degrees, 39 minutes south, 52 degrees, 26 minutes west. In 2019, a red double-hulled icebreaker known as the S.A. Agulas II charted a course from Cape Town, South Africa, towards Worsley coordinates. An expedition led by John Shears, a veteran polar geographer and directed by Menson Bound, an Oxford man who has been called the last of the gentleman archaeologists, was looking for Shackleton's ship, believed to be intact, 10,000 feet down in what Shackleton called the worst portion of the worst sea in the world. The expedition did not go well. One day, the team's autonomous underwater vehicle, or AUV, which conducted the search, went missing. Another time, the Agulas too got stuck in ice for three days. It was an absolute disaster, she has recalled. The other day, on a video call from the Agulas II, which had embarked on a second expedition in search of the Endurance. He wore a grey fleece and carried a radio to his hip. To go from that complete and utter failure to this absolute total success is quite mind-blowing. Bound, who grew up in the Falkland Islands and worked in the engine room of a steamship after high school, chimed in. This is life's pinnacle for me. He laughed, then yawned. We're running on empty. The crew had spent 18 days hunting for the endurance. A team of engineers worked in minus 18 degree temperatures on the ship's back deck to deploy Sab Sabertooth AUVs, which use sonar sensors to create an image of the seafloor. CI scientists studied the flows. The helicopter team organized a table tennis competition to pass the time. Sometimes, 
Colonies of crab-eater seals and emperor penguins approached the ship's stern. Each night, bound and shears met for a cup of Earl Grey tea and a single square of lint dark chocolate. Time was running out. We only had three days before we would have had to abandon the search because of the approach of Antarctic weather, Shears said. I knew that at any moment the weather could turn. Shears, who is 60, went on. The night before we found the wreck, we had a music evening. I thought Shackleton had music evenings. They'd listen to the gramophone and hussy. The ship's meteorologist would play on his banjo. Our people were getting a bit low and worrying about, are we going to find her? I wanted to try and raise morale. That night, a cadet sang Alicia Keys' Good Job and a historian recited Tennyson's poem, Ulysses. Someone led the group in, It's a long way to Tipperary, which Hussey liked to play for the penguins on the sea ice in 1914. The next day, Bound and Shears asked the ship's crane operator to lower them onto the ice in a rope basket. Shears looked out at the expanse, grey sky, a white iceberg, frozen seawater, forever. Today is a good day, he said. I think she's beneath my feet. Bound smiled as a penguin danced on the ice. The two returned to the deck. Literally, as soon as we set foot on the ship, there was the bridge on the intercom demanding our presence immediately, Bound recalled. My first reaction was, I was extremely worried, Shears added. I was thinking about safety and I thought we'd lost an AUV. On the bridge, Nico Vincent, who oversees the underwater vehicle team, held up his iPhone. Gents, let me introduce the Endurance, he said, displaying a high-resolution sonar image of the wreck. The Endurance rested upright on the seafloor. The ship's wheel was almost perfectly intact, and a pink and white sea anemone had fastened itself to the deck railing. Ropes and timber were scattered across the deck. The men erupted into laughter and applause. I'm not normally lost for words, but I was speechless, she has said. It's as if she sunk just yesterday. The water is so cold that there had been no gribble worms to eat the wood, Bound said. Look at the varnishing. You can see the corking between the seams. That night, Bound and Shears celebrated two cups of tea and two squares of chocolate. In the morning, they set a course for South Georgia Island, where Shackleton was buried. It just feels like the proper way to end this project, Bound said. We discovered the ship on the 5th of March, 2022, and Shackleton was buried on the 5th of March, 1922, Shears said. 100 years later, we found the wreck. This was published in the print edition of the March 21st, 2022 issue of The New Yorker, and with the headline, And Not to Yield. Yeah, fantastic storytelling. I hope you've enjoyed it. I'm sure we're going to find another one or two great articles on the topic of the endurance and uh, how the wreck was found very recently. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next recording.